0: Hello, welcome and kumusta and thank you for tuning in. This time we will carry on discussing about uh, occupational therapy in critical care. Um, now, the, the question now is, so occupation, when can occupational therapy service commence in critical care? When can an occupational therapist start to see a patient? So, occupational therapist can see a patient as soon as, as soon as there is a problem has been identified and there's a relevant concern relating to the patient has been identified either by the family or by the members of the multidisciplinary team who's looking after the patient. So you're in the unit and somebody raises a question to you or a situation about the patient's confusion or delirium or something that they want help with, then there is a problem, there's a situation, then you know, OT can, can commence uh, as soon as within reasonable time. Um, yeah, so that's one. Now, the other thing is, is if there is an identified or there's a potential benefit for the patient was identified. So for example, the patient is awake Uh, but is not doing anything and needed to be stimulated, there are benefits. So it's been identified occupational therapists can come in. Or, for example, a patient is weak. And so, you know, while they're having their physios on the gross motor skills, you can probably stimulate the uh, proprioception, proprioceptive uh, sensory faculties of the person. Then there is a benefit. You could come in. Uh, a person who say, for example, does is not awake, uh, is sedated, and you wanna maintain those ranges of motion to prevent it from deteriorating or provide constant stimulation to the muscles while the person is asleep, yes, there's benefit, you can come in. Now, if uh, OT can be involved, if there's a performance component component that needed skilled OT assessment or treatment has been identified. So, that's what I was talking to you earlier about. Uh, so, there's potential benefit and then there are uh, performance components that are at, are at risk. At risks, so, therefore, we can come in. Um, another one is if there is a functional or physical rehabilitation, if the objective has been formally established. So, we can come in and we know what the objective is medically and then the... F- physical objective is identified, then we can help out on that one. Uh, Then we can come in as well. Occupational therapists can come in if there is a deterioration of any performance components. If the deterioration of the performance components can be prevented through occupational therapy involvement, uh, if we identify that there are performance components that are at risk and that we can help in preventing it then yes, by all means, we can come in. OT can also come in where a problem, where a solution to a problem is within the scope of the practice of occupational therapy. Yeah. So as long as there is a problem and it links to a problem with performance components of cognition, motor, sensation, affective, then we can come in. There is a problem that involves will, volition, personal causation, roles, routines. Occupational therapists can come in. There is a problem with the ears being blocked and it needs clearing up. Then no. Occupational therapists should not do that. Okay. So the next topic would be what would be the length of occupational therapy? You know, how long in general, you know, does occupational therapy needed to be provided for. So occupational therapy needs to aspire to deliver the service to the patients in need daily for as long as the patient requires it while the person is in critical care, okay? Now the length and the frequency of the individual daily session is and should be led by the clinical need, the urgency, and the benefit as well. So, yes, there is no set standards, but it is better if we aspire for um, um, a daily session. It'd be amazing if there's more time, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's the best. That's the gold standard. Why not, isn't it? Every waking hours, that person is not doing anything and they should be awake. There should be something, isn't it? On a regular basis, a human being is not just awake throughout the day. they are always something that they do. Either they're watching a TV or reading a book or moving something, tinkering with something, you know. It's very seldom that a person would just sit down and not do anything uh, unless there is uh, some form of a, uh, a well being or mental health situation. Okay. So there you go. That's the length of occupational therapy uh, uh, in- intervention. The next topic would be how do we terminate occupational therapy service? When do we stop occupational therapy or when do we stop providing? Occupational therapy. So there are, I I believe, there are four. You know, I'm thinking about four reasons why we should stop it. So one, it has been established that the patient who will no longer, from, you know, benefit from occupational therapy intervention. So, you know, upon discussion and upon the discussion and the judgment of the therapist, and we say, well, there's there's no more benefits to this patient. So the patient is is terminal at the end of life at the moment and we wanted to provide comfort and somebody's doing that then there's nothing else that the ot can do okay and the care of the person is passed to another service within or outside the hospital so you terminate the service if somebody is looking after the patient so somebody has taken over so you handed it over or the patient has been transferred over to another unit, so yeah, occupational therapy will terminate then. Now, if the person is following a fast and predictable pace of recovery, so you can stop the occupational therapy, uh, because again, in critical care, you just wanted to see a person who is uh, uh, who has achieved a homeostasis in in organ in their organ function. And if, if you come in and see them and you see that it is a, a routine, so there's no person's just woken up from, from surgery, everything, all the numbers are looking well. And then if the person is just going to stay in the unit for just another day, then there's no need for occupational therapy really um, because uh, uh, they will follow a contextually they will follow a natural course of recovery and lastly if the person is on the end of life pathway or unfortunately he should stop the therapy if the patient has passed away obviously or is passing away yeah i have heard reports from different occupational therapists who are getting paid for by insurances or even uh, physical therapists uh, for that matter you know the person is is dying and then they 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 are rushing to see the person to do last minute sessions uh you know for for passive stretches passive ranges of movements and things like that um that's because they can still get uh some form of 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 reimbursement from the insurance company. And uh, while that is uh, justifiable on the economic side of things, it is not on on the ethical side of things. So that is an ethical issue. Right, so there you go, guys. Uh, So we have uh, spoken about the uh, commencement of OT, the length of occupational therapy, and the termination of occupational therapy service in critical care and this is the part two of occupational therapy in critical care discussion right until next time bye